This episode of Commander's Log is brought to you by Geek Renaissance. Need that special gift for the nerd in your life? Love supporting small business? Look no further than Geek Renaissance. The artist, Sephra, makes all items by hand and will boldly go to the final frontier for your unique gift. Head over to geekrenaissance.company.site and use the code FLOBITO, that's F-L-O-B-I-T-O, to get 10% off your order. Don't forget to follow, like, and share Geek Renaissance on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Let's fly her one week away. Remove, excuse me, from that holiday I don't like at all, but it happens anyway. Thanksgiving. We're back with another episode of Commander's Law, your unofficial destination for Star Trek Discovery chat. But you look, you don't want to hear talking about Flobo Boys. He's he's just the first officer, the chief communications officer. We're here to hang out with the captain. We're talking about the guy who makes Starbase 80. Not as bad as you would think it is. Give it up for Captain John Weber. What's uh, that, up? That is the best intro ever. Thank you so much. What's up? Mr. It's been Boyd. a while. Uh, you know, dude, I I am so sorry about Thanksgiving. I um, we get crazy winds sometimes here in California, and uh, they were like fifty to seventy miles an hour, and yeah. so. All of our communications got knocked out. That's a little scary when you live out on a farm. Sure. So uh, thank you for, you know, still letting me come on the show after I uh, I left. I'm kind of jealous. You get wind. Like I'm here in my shoebox and Culver City like in a hot box because wind is a luxury <laughs> I couldn't afford. But um, I'm glad you survived it, baby. <laughs> I, I just, you know, I'm just out there like if this was rain, I wouldn't be mad. You know, does it have yeah. to be wind? We get wind and fire. I, I like Earth. I like rain. <laughs> Are you calling Captain Planet? What are you doing? <laughs> I like other elements. Can we? Can, I mean, uh, you you bring the heart. We got it all. Oh, the power is ours. I am California housing. Uh, Craig Robinson, what's up here? Oh, hey, Craig. It is midnight. Are you? What's that? Uh, it's four o'clock here. So that'll be what England? That's uh, GMT, right? Oh Maybe. man. Or, or Paris. Be? I don't know. That's math. Uh, thanks for being here, man. Craig Robinson, if you have any questions in the chat, let us know. We're talking about episode three of the Star Trek Discovery, Choose to Live, which he'll tell you that many a times. John yes. Weber, before we get to the nitty-gritty of everything, thoughts about the episode? And you see the trends between episodes two and three. What are you thinking? Yeah, yeah. Um, wow, what an interesting... Uh, season this is turning out to be i know for a fact right we we know for a fact they're going for a season five this is just a this is just a season to them this isn't a oh we got to prove ourselves or they'll cancel us or right. what you'll see in season four of like uh enterprise for example like they're yeah. taking a lot of chances doing a lot of crazy stuff trying to try to show people hey you know we got a lot going on here so uh they take a little departure this season so far and I'm saying, you know what I'm talking about from the writing perspective. Tell me out. In the previous seasons, we've seen a lot of man versus man. That's mm -hmm. kind of the classic uh, writer's uh, conflict. And, you know, really, I mean, it's discovery. It's person versus person. I mean, let's 
Let's go. Lots of villains. Lots oh, of yeah. opposition. Lots of bad people. Bad men. Bad women. Now, it's person versus nature. Mm. Hmm? Mm. And, and on one hand, I tend to be the kind of person who's like, there's not going to be a shootout with a giant anomaly. I like shootouts, <laughs> man. Where's my shootouts? Yes, I want to see Discovery with the, the Star Trek TOS music. It's like shooting in the darkness. <laughs> I want to like, see somebody jump through a hallway like, ah, boom, 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 boom. <laughs> That's what I like. Fair enough. We've, fair enough. We've had plenty of that. We've had plenty of that. So, uh, and and we we also have a lot of reverberations of all that violence that happened as they took uh, Discovery back from Osira at the end of season three. So, and, and, you know, as we feel those reverberations, I'm telling myself, and I'll tell you, and I'll tell everybody watching. I think oh. we're at a great point. Because I think what we're dealing with now is uh, something you would deal with in space, which is something so much bigger than you. And mm. so incredibly, uh, it just dwarfs you. Yeah. That to, to even try to figure out what it is, is going to take like half the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm I'm glad I'm glad that it is though. A friend of yeah. mine hit me up and said, "Hey man, Discovery is so boring this season already." And uh, and I won't say who because I want him on the show later on the season. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but I I, I kind of like this. I like I was saying last week. I think there is a shift to hard science, um, and that allows yeah. when you do that when you have that as a backdrop, then it yeah. allows more exploration to the psychology of everything. Last season yes. it was kind of like. We're in the future, Fisticus. This one really gets deep into things. I like the fact they're able to do that with having this giant scientific problem they're trying to solve because, again, that's what drew me into season one. Yes, there was the yeah. insurrection. Yes, there was a Vulcan human element. But it really was, hey, look, this thing is on the horizon. Let's understand our enemy, the Klingons, from a scientific level first. Oh, wait, they're on our ship. Shit. Let's think of something else. So I thought it was pretty cool. Uh, absolutely. And we have a... Um... We, we've had like AI bad guys previously as well. And we've had um, the mirror universe. I mean, we've had some really big stories. Uh, and and I don't think this is what they're thinking, but it's kind of what I'm thinking, which is um, I think from a hard science point of view, the burn was terribly disappointing. Yes. Yes. You know? Yes. And, and Craig Robinson said this too. Like, and I understand uh, science has seemed too big for Stamets. And I think that's what makes Discovery cool. Yeah. Because Discovery's yeah. not a warship. They're not an exploratory ship. They're just sitting there doing a vessel. They're the Antarctican, Antarctican <laughs> boat out there in the South Pacific. But this mystery has us with theories. So you can sit there and go, what's this about? Sorry to cut you off, John. You were saying. No, no. I, that, uh, Craig's point is absolutely perfect, which is. Uh, we need to constantly see our people pushed to the limit and pushed to the limit of how much violence they can handle or how much uh, personal loss they can handle. Um, that is part of the story, and that's there pretty consistently in this series. But, yeah, now we're dealing with, unlike, oh, what happened to the burn? What happened to all that dilithium? Oh, it was a powerful creature who got really upset <laughs> now uh the possibilities of this anomaly 
uh, are so huge. And, um, you know, it reminds me of that old story. Um, is it a story? It's uh, you ever hear that thing about if you have three of the wisest men in the world, but they don't have sight and yeah. you take them to an elephant and you say, this is an elephant. One of them's mm-hmm. going to touch the, the trunk and he's going to be like, oh, an elephant is like a snake. He's like a serpent. He's muscular and he's long. And another guy is going to touch the belly of the elephant. He's going to be like, oh, an elephant is like a big round solid thing. It's probably like a big ball. And then the guy at the back is like, oh, it's just like this weird tail. Oh, and there's poop. <laughs> I'm not minute. sure it goes that way. Okay. Uh, but, but the idea <laughs> is if you only see part of the picture, you don't know what you're looking at. And you have to remember that most of the time you only see part of the picture. And that's where we are right now. And I so love all the guessing. So let's go back into this. I, I had this whole different roadmap. Forget the roadmap because we're talking about anomalies. It actually uh, got its own nickname, bro. DMA album coming out soon, baby. Woo. Uh, <laughs> so so get this to me, bitch. <laughs> you know, that's right out of the nebula. Uh, so we, the, the, the Navarre Council want to actually analyze this data. And Samus is all about, yeah, man, collaboration. But Book, man, he's just going through some stuff, decides oh. to go with them. So, John, I know you are the heart and soul of the show. What was going through your mind when, when, when Book was like, I have to go through this. I have to live through what happened uh, to, to me, my system, to understand what happened to my planet. This is so painful to watch because we're so used to we're so used to book being like the cool guy who kind of knows he kind of has some knowledge you know and he's he wears leather in space where are the cows book (laughs) where are the cows i'm sorry that's so funny i never thought of that um and uh, and let's face it, uh, his planet, the more we learn about his planet, the more we realize how beautiful it is and what a beautiful life they have. They're so close to nature and they're, they're so in tune with living things. And that's just beautiful. You know, his uh, his little like his little light up forehead there yeah. uh, that he doesn't have to sit in a makeup chair for. So well done, man. Winning. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, and he's lost it all. He's lost it all to this thing. Yeah. Uh, And we are like all the members of the the cast and the crew around him. We're trying to like just take in even like some small sense of the loss that he feels. Uh, I'm really happy that we got to where we got uh, in this episode. I'm not going to give it away quite yet, but. uh, Give it away, man. Give it all away. uh, you know, the, the fact is he needed to have, this is one of the things I dislike, I've disliked about Star Trek ever since the next generation. Oh, dislike. Let's hear it. Therapy is so key to these scripts. Okay. Um, if you watch the next generation, so much of it is having to deal with parents and children, parents and children. <laughs> over and over parents and children i'm just like hey man i know what your writers are going through but can't we see some other stories here does it always have to be well my father and i have never gotten along Uh, uh, okay fine i'll watch some of those but does it have to always be that um and now we're we're still kind of there uh it's a different part of uh therapy but 
it's it's the idea of closure and we've barely begun this mystery so closure is a lot to ask at this point i really love how they did it i really love that he just needed to break his sadness just for a second just take a break so when that that um gosh i can't remember her name but when when the uh lady who represents the romulans and the vulcans gives him the mind melt Mm-hmm. By the way, a socially distanced mind melt. I saw that discovery. It was like <laughs> my thoughts. Wait a minute. <laughs> I know what that is. But sorry, I, go ahead. <laughs> you are so much more clever than me. Oh my god, I missed that. I missed that. Uh, yeah, that's what I'm talking about, Mo. That's what I'm talking about. Oh, I, look, I had a bad relationship with my dad. I don't even need cable for that. <laughs> Just give me a couple of shots of whiskey and you'll hear about it for four hours. <laughs> uh, what is episode? The, so, uh, you know, I'm, I'm really happy that we got as far as we did into books, psyche into his sadness and his lost loss. Uh, that makes a world of difference to the show. Mm-hmm. I think um, one of my favorite things from deep space nine was when Bashir has to reveal the secret that he's been keeping forever. And let's face it, they retconned it, which is he was genetically mutated to be intelligent. He actually is not using his own intelligence. That's that's clever. Yeah, Patreon would work for that. Uh, yeah, talk about John's dad on Patreon. No, we won't do that. <laughs> Our biggest download. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> uh, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll just end it there. Um, you know, knowing knowing that book is just a little bit better um what a huge huge step forward uh really appreciated that from this episode yeah you know i i I think they earned it Uh, i was a little concerned with and i and i know it's it's a lot to pack into a season i felt like book's grief is like universally understood no one wants to see a child perish but in this particular case i was like i had no idea how close he was to uh lito 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 uh until now so i'm like okay it's great and now it's not like i'm happy guys but we finally sing a little bit of that mending thing and hopefully he becomes better for it and again not to be a conspiracy theorist i think having an entire empathy planet would be yeah. seen as a deus machina if you're doing these more scientific Agreed. things. You know? Like, can you just feel it? It's a living thing. Because if this thing becomes sentient, if this DMA is sentient, then it'd be too much of an easy thing for Booker to be like, he's afraid. You know what uh, I mean? Like, so uh, I, I understand why they're doing yeah. this. If that's the yeah. case, you know. Yeah. Again, I'm a Green Lantern fan. Mogo doesn't socialize. If you know, you know. It, uh, t- I'm telling you, man. I I dug that that whole theory. Mogo, right? Mogo? <laughs> yeah, Mogo, yeah. Mogo's the yeah. big man. He Mogo yeah. is a um I don't I'm not sure you're explaining this enough to the folks at home. Mogo okay. is okay. A, a Green Lantern. Yes. He happens to be a, a world. He happens a to sentient be planet. Yeah. A sentient planet. Which oh <laughs> I love that. I love that. Uh, I'll make grand deliverances every week. So the, the idea is that Mogo is so big as a planet that wherever he goes, his gravitational pull will pull everyone towards him. He's he, him pronouns. And so the code for Green Lanterns is Mogo doesn't socialize because he's so big that he has to be by himself. So yeah. if this black hole is sentient for any mm-hmm. reason, it'd be mm-hmm. kind of hard to have a whole planet of people who can think and feel because I feel like that'd be too easy personally. Yeah, honestly, um, that's shooting fish in a bucket right there. Um, hey, any, I'll take it. 
any decent, decent half-blooded beta Z could uh, beta Zoid could uh, pick up on that. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's pissed off. It seems. Uh, but speaking of of like feeling things, uh, it seems like Doctor Colber, which I have to put down in my notes because I butcher his name every week. Doctor Colber is Culver. is is not only chief medical examiner but doing the whole therapy thing, doing double yeah. duty for this one with both yeah. Tilly and slash Adira parentheses Gray. We're gonna go into that in more detail. But you listened to last week's episode of Commander's Log. I did. Your boy Flopito was kind of getting frustrated with this particular storyline between Adira and Gray after the events of this week. What do you think? I wish I could tell you that things are getting better and not getting worse. <laughs> it's I getting honestly, worse. Okay, here's my problem. Can I uh, can I just sort of go ahead with the No, Adira we're not going answer, No, we're going give me everything, baby. <laughs> all right. All right. Here's the deal. Spoiler alert. When we get to this point, we are kind of okay. <clears throat> there have been these shows like Smallville uh, what else have I watched? Somebody um, say. Uh, you know, I've watched a bunch of a bunch of these shows that get very samey around okay. the same problem. It's a B story for like three episodes, and it's filled with the same like I'm nervous. I don't know how this will turn out next week. I'm nervous, and I don't know how this will turn out. Very next CW. Week. What's wrong? I don't want to talk about it. Oh, please talk about it. I'm nervous. And I, ah, <laughs> we're, we're driving in a circle here. And I'm yeah. not a NASCAR fan. Let's not do this. But, it's a little but this, clear, really. This is where it got terrible for me. Terrible. Terrible. And I, you know me. I love disco. I am not here to bury disco. I am here to see it succeed. But good Lord, see these things you're doing, people. Okay. We get Gray. Gray's consciousness is being taken out of Adira and is going to be put into this. Um, we we built a data. We just built a data. Yeah. Apparently, you can do that. And take out moles. We did last week. <laughs> and uh, Dermatologist approved datas. Okay, sorry. <laughs> and so... Um, so now the idea is Gray either makes it into the synthetic body or doesn't, and we don't know. So what would be the worst thing as a writer you could do right now? The worst thing you could do is have the that bear? body lying in a hospital bed and have the other person talking to it, sadly, confessing their feelings and their thoughts and their fears. It, it, this is mama's stories now. <laughs> Mama needs you to run down to the corner, buy her a pack of uh, Virginia Slims, yeah, ex extra long menthols, and she's going to sit down with a cup of tea and she's going to watch her stories and her stories are going to be someone's in a hospital bed and someone else is confessing or reaffirming their love and it's so sad and we get close-ups of like, the medical equipment and like the readouts and stuff. This is when I was five years old, they were doing this on my mom's soap operas. I'm a grown ass man now. Why am I watching this on my show? <sighs> I, I I thought you would appreciate it. The hell out of it. I, I am guys. I am shocked. 
Because I was going to come in and say, I've, you know, I'm still frustrated it took so long to get to this point. I thought John's like, oh, no, Flobo, give it a chance. Everyone deserves to be laid in space. But no, John Weber's like, to hell with this. Wow. I did not see this coming. I, they pushed me too far. They pushed me too far. Look, the kids are adorable. And I have no problem with Adira uh, and Gray being cast members. But we spend a lot of time with them it doing stuff. Out. It's very Degrassi. It's, it's very, very stressed out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's very like, um, you know, it's it's very much for kids. And, and like more so than Prodigy. This is making me crazy Ooh. here. Snap. And I, and I'm yeah. I'm all for everybody having a way in. I you know me. I'm inclusive. Yeah, yeah. I love being inclusive about this. But oh my god, they're taking a lot of my time with this. That, that's that's my biggest problem. I was like last week. I said on the commander's log, I, I, you can't have this scientific show and have the whimsy of one person seeing another character that no one else can see. That's that's way too out of this world. The yeah. the sitcom, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. But you, you got to yeah. But you're right. This is what episode three, and I felt like this could have been yeah. condensed into one, maybe yes. one and a half. Uh, but I, I am many Star Treks shocked. have many Star Treks have done this in one episode. G guys, if you guys don't know, I have notes, and uh, Mister Captain John went a whole different direction. I have no follow ups. I was, <laughs> I am, I got to move on. I, <clears throat> well, uh, Doctor Cobra is also dealing with Tilly, and <laughs> tell Tilly to try new things. <laughs> okay, now, now the Tilly stuff, I find really interesting because okay. um, Tilly being one thing forever is never going to help. Everybody sure. should go through changes. And and I I did have, let me go to my notes, because I decided I'm going to be like Flobo, and I'm going to have notes. Don't be like me, man. Don't. <laughs> That's a bad decision. <laughs> here's, here's the thing. I really strongly feel like this show, more than every other show, is about people individually going through stuff. Mm -hmm. And it starts with Michael Burnham very much in the beginning of the series going through all her stuff and then other people saru goes through his stuff uh and now a lot of people are going through their stuff at the same time and that's kind of cool i'm in our I'm notes in. actually match here that's awesome uh this is for reference here uh, i feel like the older version of star trek like tng and tos is kind of like csi whereas uh discoveries like csi new york the more character driven version of that same premise but interesting yes yeah i mean look every show should have its own character it should have its own themes um that way us old heads can watch it and go oh i'm going on some new ground i'm floating through some new space i like that uh we're in a new time now i like that um another thing that i noticed very quick sidebar very quick sidebar have you seen dune yet the, the i have not seen dune. any of the dunes I know, I know. I get dragged for that. <laughs> Dude, you will not be sorry when you see it. They do something that Discovery does extremely well. They go small scale, person to person, relationships, yeah. in, you know, um, meeting strangers, strangers seem dangerous. Maybe they help you in the, in the future. Maybe they hurt you. Um, and then they go large scale. Things are happening on these humongous planetary levels of attacks and fights and disasters. And I, I feel like we're there. I feel like we're there in, in season four as well. Big, giant, 
interplanetary, light years big disasters, and then interpersonal stories too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I dig it. I totally dig it. So this whole thing about Tilly paid off in this episode, I think, and, and made okay. me very happy. And uh, they did uh, they did start it in episode one, so it has gone from episode to episode, but we didn't need to see a lot of Tilly before. This is where they, you know, because of Saru going, oh, I found an interesting distraction for you to almost die in. Yeah, exactly. I was like, you know, Confidence Saru is kind of a dick. <laughs> she wanted to water plants, bro. What the hell are you doing? <laughs> I mean, and, and here's another thing. Culber and Saru. Yeah. Uh, and there was another one, too. Uh, the Admiral. Yeah. All, all of a sudden. Okay, so think about Culber. All right. Think about Saru. Think Saru. about how the Admiral is now. He's like, well, that's how it is, Michael. Smiles. Where yeah. have we ever seen this man smile? Yeah, he's like chilled out. He checked out. And, See, and everyone deserves to be laid in space. His family came <laughs> with him, and he's chilled out. And that's what happened. Like, uh, he's finally reunited with his family. And so, you know, he and the missus getting a little something-something. He's spending some time with the, his kids. Uh, you know, he's a happy family man now, and he's a really sweet guy. And honestly, what I feel like we're seeing right now in these first three episodes is some of the best fathering you'll ever see in a Star Trek. Speaking oh, yeah. of how people feel about their fathers, we're seeing some great dads here. And that's great, but it's getting a little thick. Yeah. it's it's We're laying it on in some thick layers. I love it, but you're going to start burning me out the way you started burning me out with the, the high school kids. Yeah, no, you're right. Because even then, last season, there was the fathering of Stamets and Colbert with Adira or exactly. and and their boyfriend, Gray. I felt like that became like a family drama within this drama as well. I want to talk to, to Jake Giles real quick. He says, um, I wish I was on this week when it comes to Tilly. Is she on, on a profile or something or is it legit no physical standards of Starfleet anymore? So the reason I want to bring this up is I know a lot of people have, have mentioned this on Star Trek yeah. forums about the size of Tilly. Yeah. And uh, I... Personally, I don't mind it because going back on Starbase 80, Scotty wasn't the paragon of health either. He was quite large. <laughs> I was like, what is the big deal? <laughs> Who cares? I mean, let's <laughs> let's face it, except for like George Takei, everybody put on a little bit of weight as the years went by. I guess I guess Nimoy kept it tight too, but, but <laughs> I, <get it> tight. <laughs> I am working out, Captain. I am getting huge. <laughs> I mean, everybody, but yeah, you're right, man. Scotty got thick with two yeah. C's. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what the deal is uh, with Tilly, um, you know, and I, I, I hear what you're saying, uh, especially in terms of I'm taking this from a military viewpoint. Um, yeah. Well, I mean, she was offered, was she offered a ship? No, she wasn't. Uh, yeah, was I think she was offered a higher command that she turned it down, but I don't think she was offered a ship ship. Right, right. Okay. So, um, and and every time I hear that, I go, well, that makes sense. That makes sense. These guys are super good at being part of Starfleet. They were part of Starfleet when it was a gigantic organization. So as Starfleet's, you know, putting itself back together, it's gonna it's gonna divide up the talent sometimes. That might happen. Yeah. yeah. Uh you know, honestly, I look, they love this actress. They 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 love Mary Wiseman. They love yeah. her. And what's not to love? She brings a fresh she has macaroni and cheese. That's what you got. <laughs> like what? What kind of ca communist 
It's fine. It's, I'm, I'm kidding. You're right. You're right. She's a good actress. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I love that it's like, I hate mac and cheese. So it's as if they're saying, so stop blaming carbs, all of you viewers. Right. It's Wink. not carbs. It's not mac and cheese that made her heavy. Um, look, it, you know, one of the things that I've always found funny, you can see it in the original season of the original series is not everybody looks good in these uniforms. Nope. It's not true. Yeah, it looked especially Kirk. Kirk looked like he was like wearing like a sweater on the house. He's going to read the the Saturday, Saturday evening post. He's going to read a good book with his uh, little funsy sweater. I got you. My favorite is in the original season. Every time you see an actor over the age of like 45, it's like, why are you wearing your pajamas, bro? <laughs> right. <laughs> it just He's gangsters like watching Star Trek? <laughs> yo, Muddy. Yo, what you wearing? What are those? What? You couldn't get out of your PJs? Come on, man. It's space. Come on. Look a little fresh. Represent. <laughs> Represent, Tara. Uh, let's let's roll on to our A plot here. Uh, we actually saw... Yeah, I was kind of annoyed by this. In the opening scene here, we actually saw the death of a commander. Uh, I had the name here, and I lost it. Dang. Oh, yeah. Ticket. Commander Fickett was ambushed by Quajat Malat named Javini and parishes. And I wrote them on notes. Oh, great. NCIS in space. Uh, John Weber, the idea, though, of just doing your job and having someone show up on a ship and just put a sword through your gut must have ticked you off, too, huh? I was so pissed off that he was killed. Did they have to kill him? Couldn't they put him in critical? Could, couldn't he be in an ICU somewhere? Why did they have to kill him? Dude was a jack-fighting son of a gun. Dude was like Bobby Lashley up there. Bobby Lashley <laughs> in Almighty. space. Oh, man. I, I admired the hell out of his fighting ability. I was like, man, this is some, this is some old-fashioned ass-kicking. And he's dead. Choose to live. No. <laughs> uh, dilithium is straight jacked. And that was the mystery of the week because apparently there's a free dilithium program, but why is it being stolen? And that was a question I was asking. And I wondered, and I don't know about you during that long intro when they do the opening yeah. sequence. Yeah. It was a cool premise of it because it does, and you know, Star Trek tries to like pull from real life things. It yeah. does remind me of things like like uh, financial aid or, or, or government aid or the vaccine rollout where there's something that's yeah. free, but yeah. also thefts happen as well. What was going through your mind before they got revealed of why someone would steal that lithium? It was, um, it, I, you know, that's so funny you should bring that up because my brain went, oh, of course. Of course there are pirates. Of course. Of course, there are people stealing. Uh, of course, there's a um, there's got to be a black market. Of course, well, I mean, there was already a black market. Why wouldn't the black market want to steal more of it and, right. and sell more on the black market? You can only get it if you are basically a planet who is dealing with Starfleet that Starfleet wants you to join. Um, I didn't even know that, by the way. I learned that today, this week. Yeah, I, uh, it just it clicked completely in my head when I saw it. And then these, I guess we find out they're mercenaries, are bad ass. These space ninjas are bad <laughs> ass. That uh, was really something. I don't, I'm, you know, we've seen some good action on Discovery before. I was very stoked when I watched this until they kill this, you know, black dynamite in space. They kill this awesome dude. 
Uh, jumping ahead just because it put closure on, on Fickett's journey. When everything wraps up towards the end, uh, Michael Burnham is kind of like, no, really, what, what are we doing? Like, there has to be some justice for this guy. And, well, Rillick and Vance were kind of like, got to play the game, bro. Yeah. Question I have for you. I understand that sometimes life is imperfect and sometimes people get away and all that stuff. But is this a seed of something being brought down? In other words, is Rillick going to be a villain, you think, after the event of today's, this week? Um. I would be open to that a lot more open than to what I think I'm seeing and what I think I'm seeing. And I hope I'm wrong. And let's all hope I'm wrong because it happens. Okay. okay. Never. What I'm, af- what I'm afraid of is that it's like, well, last season, the humorless, inflexible, you know, jerk, the voice of doom the guy who took the wind out of everybody's sails was the Admiral. Mm-hmm. He didn't trust our heroes. He didn't give them the credit they were due. He didn't let them do what they're good at. And now we just found somebody higher up the food chain who's doing that same thing. And then he's like a true believer now. Like he he knows they're a great ship. He knows they're a great crew and they can save everybody's bacon. He knows this. And now she's the one who doesn't trust Burnham. She doesn't trust Discovery. Um, you know, it's it's red tape. Absolutely. The whole Navarre thing is more, more important than, than yeah. Discovery, right? Right, right. And Navarre, I, they had established that that is an iffy situation and there's lots of um, diplomacy that has to be done there. So that's okay. I'm not mad at that at all. Um, mm-hmm. That makes sense. That should happen over and over again, just like in the very first episode with the butterfly people who aren't butterfly people. Of course not. You you got to get past <laughs> these these difficult personalities. That is a, a, a good conflict. I'm I'm here for it. But um, if we're just getting a different form of what we've already had, now I feel like we're just going in a circle again. Right, right. I got you. And, uh, that makes sense. And, you know, honestly, it's the sign of a successful series. Um, it happened on Lost, which is basically we start getting very self-referential. We don't make a lot of progress. Uh, at any time we need to throw up an obstacle, it's a huge obstacle and it's almost impossible <laughs> to get out of quickly. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm okay with them having an open end and going, Hey, we could be on, we could be making shows for 12 years. We can be making shows for 14 seasons. I'm all, I'm all here for it. I'll watch it. Uh, yeah. but, but in order to do that, They've got all of this, like not making progress, to right. to keep it going, to slow the train down. And you should never do that. You should, yeah. You should always be pushing forward. And I'm not sure they're pushing forward as hard as they can now that we've got a. She's not even an evil president. Is she a villain? She's a villain, but why? Red tape rules. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is how we do things, not how you do things, Burnham. You, you cowgirl, you. And I'm like, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Before I ask you that, my next question here goes to the chat here. Jacob Downey says, uh, "What's your honest opinion of, as of Rain Wilson as Harry Mud? I don't like how angry he is. I know it's a preview, but the preview is shite. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm excited to see him." I'll Jacob, I'm a hundred percent with you. I always thought that Harry Mud was good as a hail fellow uh, who has 
amoral tendencies. Um, I, I didn't like him being a sadist. Uh, and, and that's what Rain Wilson is doing. And hey, more power to Rain Wilson because he's playing the hell out of this role. And he's got a real villain here. And that's great. I love that it's Rain Wilson who's known mostly for comedy uh, and, and he's crushing it in drama. I love that. But yeah, dude, um, with, uh, with Harry Mudd, you should have that feeling of like, oh, it's only Harry Mudd. Wait, he did what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Time for everybody. Uh, you know, un un what I would do at this point, um, and uh, Flobo and I joke about it all the time in our uh, imaginary Starbase 80 show. <laughs> it's is... real of me, damn it. Every Sunday is right here on YouTube. <laughs> <laughs> when, uh, that's true. We, we're, doing, we're doing this show. Please check us out. Um, yeah. What, what I would do at this point is I would bring back Cyrano Jones to be the Harry Mud that Whoa. we should have. That's, yeah. that's the character we deserve. Is this happy-go-lucky bad boy? Harry Mudd was going to have his own show. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The network asked Roddenberry to pitch them a Harry Mudd show, and he did, and they didn't do anything with it. And then, you know, at the, like, rap party for the whole series, Roddenberry says to the guy who plays Harry Mudd, ah, I'm really sorry your series never worked out. The guy who plays Harry Mudd was like, my what now? <laughs> Wait, what? You almost got me a series on NBC? What? <laughs> I can imagine someone's like, hey man, you know those uh those brand new airflow beat those shoes didn't work out the way you planned. I'm like, there was gonna be shoes, there's gonna be merchandise. Uh before we get to our on off track, we gotta talk about our villain of the week here. Uh Javini, uh someone that seemed to be, you know, kind of giving us vibes of the old Giorgio. In fact, a couple times today I was like, Oh yeah, where's the Joe doing right now? But she had her own mission uh this week to protect a yeah. legion of people, uh yeah. the holders, the Abronians. So John Weber, Javini, what's the deal, baby? I love that they are establishing what these warrior nuns are all about. Um, she goes into this amoral area, and we know that they're capable of that, but we haven't seen it yet. We've seen them very moral, very straight down the line, very they have their rules and they follow them. And here's a woman who's... Uh, doing her own version of that. And I'm here for it, dude. I, I really loved it. Oh, yeah. I, I thought it was pretty solid. And, and I was trying to figure out, too, because, you know, me trying to be a one step ahead, like, what would be something that we have to um, believe Gabrielle where she goes, no, 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 he's a good person, but still doing things that are considered wrong. Like, what would be the actual thing? And I could imagine if someone was dying and saying, protect my people because their biological uh, background had latinium in it. Right, yeah, which is they, crazy for me because of yeah. my limited Star Trek knowledge. For those who don't know, Latinum's like Scooby Snacks and Ferengi. Uh, I, I was like, wow, that was a really cool show, really cool mystery. <laughs> I loved that so much. You're you're talking about these intelligent, uh, uh, this intelligent race that uh, is lost. It's a lost race. Nobody has any record of this race ever existing. And so, a, I love that. And B, they just organically make latinum. That's awesome. Latinum, by the way, is a liquid. And uh, what they do is they press it between gold. So that's why you have gold pressed latinum. Oh, see, that's so why I need you with me when I'm watching the show. I'm like, that sounds familiar. Write it down. I had no idea. Thank you so much. 
I mean, uh, we see sort of a solid kind of a platinum lattice on on the alien's body. So I go, oh, well, is that latinum? No, but wait, latinum is liquid and it's super, super rare. But uh, hey, man, for I'm a guy whose car, somebody stole the catalytic, catalytic converter from his car because there's platinum in it. So I get it. You came so wait, that actually a, happened? That happened to me, man. I, I thought it was an urban legend. Like, I thought it was like worth, not worth the time. That actually my, happened to you, bro? My neighborhood, one January, uh, got raided. And when I called in to the cops, the cops were like, oh, you too, huh? Yeah. <laughs> why, why are the cops such dicks in your story, too? Are they hanging with Saru? <laughs> hey, man. Ah, well, what do you want to do? Enforce some things? Ah. Hey, man, ACAB. What can I say? <laughs> Jacob says, I was wondering, and you explain that's why. No, this is not a guest. This is the captain. He's actually the host of the show. I'm, I ask him all the questions I don't know. Commander's Log talks with John Weber every week in Starbucks 80. It's flipped because this guy is a wealth of knowledge. I, <laughs> so, any questions I, for I was, John? No. I, I, Flobo and I are friends from being comedians uh, together, and I'm a huge fan of his. And when I found out he was doing this show and he. Had me, I think you had a, had me as a guest on one of your other shows. Maybe it was after after hours. hours the Daily Departed after hours, yeah. And uh, <laughs> and you know, and then we were talking about uh, Star Trek. I didn't even realize how much I knew uh, un until Flo started genius, complimenting John. my. <laughs> Again, if, if Jake, if this is the first time watching the show, man, like I, I always say this, but uh, three years ago last month, saw Star Trek for the first time. So I like Discovery, but I've been trying to learn things. And and like wrestling fans and Harley Davidson writers, the fan base is just hates new people. They can't stand anyone new. <laughs> but John was nice to me. He wasn't being a jerk. And so I said, hey, man, help me out as I try to explain what the hell is this or this whole world's about. So I'm always watching things that I love. And I always wonder what would it be like to be coming to it new? What would your mm -hmm. impressions be? And what would the would the first things be that hook you? And of course, everybody's different. But uh, if you're an interesting person like Flobo, I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm all right. <laughs> well, don't talk about a deer in gray. He doesn't want that anymore. He is fed <laughs> up with a deer in gray. I'll tell you right now, a deer in gray, I'll drive them to the mall. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll drive them to the junior prom. <laughs> I'll buy them Christmas presents. I'll, I'll hug them and tell them they're beautiful kids and I love them. Uh, I care about them as kids, but don't take me through your drama over and over and over again. No one can do that and make me feel okay about it. Wow. I Again, I had so many other questions about to ask you about that. But anyway, so <laughs> no, it's cool. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad because, you know, I tried to be as tolerant as most because I'm protective of Discovery because everyone kind of bags on it. I go, yeah. no way, this show is great. But even if I'm on board with this idea of, Maybe some uh, someone I love that has in my hand the memories and could pull them out. They've taken forever. Like there was literally three minutes spent on removing a mole from one of the hands of Gray, and I go, "Why would you do this? Like, what is the point?" <laughs> you know what I mean? But Thank you, thank you, <laughs> because we're going through. Uh, I, I know we're trying to entertain kids as as well as everybody else. I know. I know we're trying to talk to audiences who are non-binary and uh and and maybe gay or or uh anywhere uh in the lgbtq plus community uh we're bringing in all kinds of people that we haven't had before in fandom represented on screen i'm here for it i love it 
but but to be fair, John, Star Trek Discovery is right at TVMA, so there there isn't there shouldn't be any kids, really. So wow, they they do wow. cuss and and their people do get blown up and sliced to bits. And <laughs> wow, boy, you are not wrong. You are not yeah. wrong. Holy cow! <laughs> I, I looked it up right here. Yeah, TVMA. Yeah, I wonder if maybe it's it's uh, this this kind of goes with one of my themes about the series. Period. Uh, where did I write it down? Maybe this show is just about creating a nice world for everybody. Sounds very Roddenberry, right? Uh, yes, absolutely. And and um and you know, inclusion can always go further. You can always go a little further for inclusion. You know what? I, okay, I I'm sorry. I'm not I'm not disagreeing with you. You're right. Inclusion is great, but I think I think it's unfair that as we're reviewing the show. We are going to the inclusion aspect of Adira and Gray. It's not even about mm. that. I mm. felt last season Adira being this like this rap scallion that gets involved and joins Starfleet is fine enough. And even if yeah. she had a, I'm oh, sorry, sorry, even if they had a boyfriend character, that's great. And if, if the story is to separate the boyfriend character from them, also great. But it's just the timing of it all. Like we we want Adira around. It isn't like it is like a Neelix situation. Oh dear God! It isn't like Neelix. Neelix can go. <laughs> Adira's fine. It's just right. Like give right. her something else to do. You know what I mean? Like give her some homework. <laughs> give her a, a, a make, make her a red spice recipe. I have no idea, John. I mean, we've got basically a different kind of Wesley. Yes. <laughs> Am I wrong? Different You're not kind wrong, of Wesley baby. here. Preach, brother. <laughs> and it happens. And uh, DS9 had Jake and Nog. Uh, and and yeah, Voyager had Neelix. <laughs> Enterprise had none of it, and yeah. it was the least successful one. I know. <laughs> Makes you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, even on original Star Trek, uh, they gave a lot of time to Chekhov, who's like the dumb kid, you know? Yeah. Um, so it is kind of a Trek thing. Oh, Naomi Wildman. Um, was a little girl who was friends with Seven of Nine, and Seven of Nine's kind of naive and and kind of a a, a kid in, in her own ways. Um, mm -hmm. As is the uh, the Doctor. He's he's new to being a life form. I love that. I love that stuff. Um, but you know, I can only take so much of. Okay, here's my Adira imitation. Um. Okay. <laughs> I guess. Um. I think like, um, I don't know. No, no, don't want that. I don't want that. I don't like that. I ain't enjoying that. It's not working for me. <laughs> uh, and honestly, I, I hate saying this. I hate saying this because I feel like this is stuff the haters say. I love hearing it. <laughs> okay. One of the reasons why Tilly is so lost right now is because Adira is doing all of the beats that Tilly used to do. That is actually a fair assessment. I'll give you that. No, not wrong at all. And it makes me mad because I love both characters. I don't mm -hmm. want to trade one in. However, however, this happened a lot in this third episode, Choose to Live, where Tilly is trying to find her new way. She's trying to find her new path. And because it's Tilly... I'm there for it. I yeah. love her. I want She's to see it. her do well. Uh, and I think, honestly, Mary Wiseman, I'm going to have to look it up, but I think she had a baby. Mm -hmm. 
I, I hear the rumors either way. I don't think so, but I hear the rumors either way. Oh, okay. Uh, but in the meantime, uh, I'll say my, my favorite quote of the week, there's many, but my favorite one was from Javini herself. She goes, come after me and your lives are forfeit. I want to drop that in the conversation at some point in the future. <laughs> I think that's pretty badass. <laughs> I actually appreciate it. Uh, one more question for you, John, before we get out of here. All right. Uh, we had ourselves another situation where something happened on a planet and, and Burnham goes off and she takes Book, Booker's ship. Yeah. Is that like protocol? Do you think Discovery should be owed a shuttlecraft at this point? Or are we just going to go rogue every single time in an unmarked car, <laughs> spaceship, to take the planets? Dude, that's so crazy. We're going to go on this mission and we're using my boyfriend's van. <laughs> yeah. Not creepy. <laughs> like, I'll wax it away back on company diamond time. No, I'm just... And what I love, what I love is that they've created. Uh, this partnership, this like friendship, but like working partnership between Stamets and Book. Yeah. And it barely holds together that this would happen, except we know that Stamets is in his own awkward way, a very caring person and a very kind, you know, he is a caregiver. He is a loving dad or a loving parent. Uh, uh, and so, um, you know, that sort of empathy that he has is going to reach out to book and book book knows book knows he's trying to help. Uh, it, it once book gets out of his own pain, he can see it. Uh, so I love that that's happening. Uh, and that we took Tilly out of that. Tilly didn't need to be in that relationship with Stamets. So that's right. fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, and we're trying to find a new job for her, I guess. True. Quite literally. I, again, because it's Tilly, I'm all in. I I, I love her so much. I, I'm perfectly happy. I'm sorry. Uh, lighting light is changing here on the farm. the The sun is hiding behind the mountains. You got your, you got your own uh, lighting source. That's crazy. Uh, so what I'll what I'll say at this point is I'm perfectly happy with this um, kind of awkwardly making things up things so like we borrow yeah. the boyfriend's van tilly is not a great fighter but we bring her anyway um, yeah and she does help she helps a lot um i would love if tilly is almost always on the landing party that would be yeah. great for me um so yeah i kind of i lost i lost your question flobo have i well, answered just, it at all I, I sort of think you're down with it i think it doesn't bother you as much i like like if this is how we're taking the boat taking the boat they're taking the ship i wouldn't matter but they made a point to do a scene being like can we take your ship we'll bring it back <laughs> wax it was booking i mean the guy is grieving right I'm like oh, okay count burn up it felt weird it felt really manipulative <laughs> so i was like i'm gonna keep so doing strange. this but yeah, they're using this rogue ship, unmarked, not available to Starfleet, just flying through the space and making things happen. I'm just wondering, what's the deal? Yeah, I mean, do any of our fans uh, of uh, Disco out there, uh, does anybody know if Discovery has a yacht? Because a lot of the ships do. I'm not kidding, Flobo. A lot of the ships have a captain's yacht. That's what they should have been taking. Right, like the little, like uh, I know Voyager's the most famous one, the little, like little, little shuttlecraft, you know. Well, I mean, you but. get your, uh, you get your runabouts, you get your little, uh, your little flyers there. Um, 
in a little puddle jumpers although i know that's uh that's from stargate atlantis isn't it sorry everybody i get my uh, sci-fi mixed up all the time you're gonna get uh, us canceled bro what are you doing no, I'm just kidding. there's there should be kind of a fancy captain's ship that was built into a lot of the previous ships but eh, i don't it, know because like I'm, I'm thinking you this ship is specifically for exploration once you have different it just feels weird to go into booker's craft all the time it and, does and it does I don't know if it's going to be a, a, a plot beat. I doubt it. But it's both kind of weird. But Burnham be like, I'll give you that special stuff. I use your shit. <laughs> and it's almost quitting time here. I've, I've done got myself in trouble enough, man. I always love hanging with you. You make Thursdays a treat. Jay Weber, uh, before we get out of here, man, just some final notes, final words about today's episode. Oh, um, stick with it. Tell your friends that no matter what they say about, well, Burnham cries too much. Just tell. Yeah, that, that could be a good. Yeah, that, that's probably it right now. This particular class of ship does not have They're that. They're retrofitted, though. Retrofit. I mean, come on. They're like uh, magical heroes of Starfleet. You would think they would get the best of everything. You know, that's <laughs> all I'm thinking. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, um, anybody tells you there's anything wrong with this series, don't buy it. Uh, this series is about emotions and relationships, and it's also about large-scale problems. This one they're in right now, Flobo, I think your idea that maybe this anomaly is uh, sentient is incredible. I've seen nothing to go against that. And here's a little rumor that's flying around the boards right now. Some people are saying that this harkens back to V'ger. Oh, V'ger from Star Trek, the motion picture, which was the Voyager probe goes way out in space and is uh, assimilated and rebuilt and repaired and taken care of by uh, uh, aliens. And it becomes its own alien personality. Ooh, and it's super powerful and it's massive. I don't know that it's light years massive like this anomaly. Like the, uh, is it the DMA? The DMA. Yeah officially uh dark matter anomaly the dma uh, now tacky on free no the dma is an <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i'm with the dma and i'm here to say mm. i'm floating through space in a really destructive way <laughs> yeah boy <laughs> who learned about rap in 1982 <laughs> <laughs> very sugar hill gang y'all uh yeah <laughs> This is Commander's Log. We're back here every Thursday to talk about Star Trek Discovery and hopefully Strange New Worlds when it gets released. But it's not about this. We're talking about the Starbase 80, man. Every week, John Weber, the captain himself, goes on a deep dive with his friends and yours truly through all the things of the Star Trek Pantheon. John, how can anyone find Starbase 80 and how can they follow you online? Uh, find us on Facebook. Uh, Starbase 80 has its own Facebook page. And if you're over on the Twitter machine at Starbase 80, you'll find us there as well. Yep, that is Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Uh, it's going to be a good old time. We have, we're doing an episode of Enterprise uh, this week. We right? are doing a two parter. I'm so sorry, Flobo. I'm making you watch two episodes this week for your own. You, you know, you know, Enterprise is not bad. It does. It doesn't tick me off. It is not great. It's just kind of just, you know, we're gonna watch Beige for two hours. I'm all about that. I I am very excited about this one because let me take a quick look. These are from season four. So as I was talking about before. Uh, season four was when they started going crazy. They started telling crazy stories to try to get the the fans back. So 
this is going to be pretty exciting. It's also very late in the season. So once again, they're taking some chances. They're trying to get people to watch this show. They're being very serious. Uh, I believe Peter Weller is a guest star on this one. He's always oh, good in everything he does. Uh, and uh, my buddy Craig is our guest this week. And this was Craig's request. And I was like, you want to watch Enterprise? Please, whatever you want to do. Because <laughs> almost on. nobody likes to watch Enterprise with us. So <laughs> we'll be talking about it some Enterprise. Yeah. It doesn't tick me off like two licks. All right, y'all. It's Commander's Log. But you know how it is. Until next time, John, I'm going to do a little thing right here. Uh, um, Yeah. Live long and prosper. LL. Hey, hey.